Hi, this is Kara Eglinton, host of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and this is our Future is Missing Voice America Kids. Please be on the lookout for 15-year-old Erin Bird. She is considered an endangered runaway. Erin went missing from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, on November 19, 2011. She is Caucasian, 5'3", weighing 112 pounds with brown eyes and blonde hair. If you know of Erin Bird's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1-800-THE-LOST. That is 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Erin Bird, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the age of between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. It's sports from a kid's point of view. This is Behind the Line on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, here is your host. Welcome to the Voice America Kids Radio Network. I'm Max Merkin, and you're listening to Behind the Line. It's been a while since show number 10 and show number 11. There's been some elapsed time before last year. Uh, a lot of big stories in sports. Uh, David Freeze won the World Series MVP. Therefore, the St. Louis Cardinals are the World Series champions of the 2011 season. The NHL All-Star Game has come and gone. The Green Bay Packers... Uh, the Green Bay Packers' 19-game winning streak is over, dating back to last season's Super Bowl. Uh, Aaron, therefore, Aaron Rodgers played in the Pro Bowl. Not a very fun Pro Bowl, but nonetheless, the NFL stars played in Hawaii already. So uh, today we're not going to try to fill in for all these sports we've missed, but we will talk about Major League Baseball as we normally do on this show. We'll talk about the NBA, uh, NCAA football, as even though the bowl season is over. We'll talk about uh, top schools, uh, whereas to signing high school prospects, and we'll finish up with NCAA basketball, which is becoming a pretty big category in sports. March Madness just around the corner. But first, as I promised, we will talk about Major League Baseball. It's uh, February right now, and uh, you know baseball is just around the corner. It's kind of hard to believe, considering the fact that. The season just ended. We're still rehashing the World Series. But in just a couple months, actually about two, maybe two and a half months, uh, the season's going to be starting again, and we're going to be on our way to the 2012 season. Uh, but right now we're going to talk about some major moves this offseason for Major League Baseball. There's not that much to talk about. The uh, number one move, in my opinion, is uh, the number one team, in my opinion, is Albert is the Angels. The Anaheim Angels, kind of a, a mediocre team last year, made a, a late run at the postseason, didn't come up successfully. They decided this season, Artie Moreno and company, decided to acquire the best hitter in all of baseball and probably the sixth best, best pitcher. 
yes, the if you haven't heard, the uh, the Angels have acquired first baseman Albert Pujols from the St. They he was a free agent. They gave him a 10-year, $240 million contract, that being $24 million a year. He is a no-trade clause, which was big for Albert, and that's why a few other teams didn't uh, succeed in signing him because he wanted that no-trade clause. He wants to stay put. He has a, a few young kids at home, and St. Louis has been his home, but now Anaheim's his new home. And kind of the, the second headline of the Angels this offseason is they signed C.J. Wilson to a five-year, $75 million contract. Wilson fits into that rotation nicely, but he's going to make an adjustment. You know, he, he grew up in Anaheim out in Southern California, so the, the climate and the habitat is not the adjustment he needs to make, but he's not going to be the, the ace in the rotation. He's in a rotation with Dan Harrod, Jared Weaver, and Irvin Santana. He could possibly, depending on how the spring goes for those guys, be the fourth pitcher in that rotation. So that's a pretty big trade. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, you know, another big thing for me was the uh, the Phillies. The, the Phillies last year probably had one of the biggest off-seasons in Major League Baseball history, signing uh, Halliday and Lee and, you know, making this, and Roy Oswald, making this amazing four, this amazing four-man rotation, I guess you could say, keeping Cole Hamels. This year, they let go of Ryan Madsen. Madsen signed with the Reds, another big deal, but uh, we're not going to talk much about that because the Reds didn't have an amazing off-season. They still have some time, but they didn't do as well as, say, the Angels. But uh, the Phillies signed Jonathan Papelbon, and to me that's a pretty big deal because Papelbon's been with the Red Sox for the last four or five years. He's been considered their icon. He has that face, that angry face that you stare into as a batter, and you just get scared. And that's why, you know, Jonathan Papelbon is such a commodity. He didn't have a very good September, as none of the Red Sox did. There were those allegations against them we won't get into that too much but you know they let go of Papelbon in 2007 he struck out the Colorado Rockies he struck out the side and he won the World Series and that's kind of this iconic thing that Jonathan Papelbon has has done you know and so the fact that he's gone is a pretty big deal to me another pretty large signing the New York Yankees signed uh, Freddie Garcia uh, which will add depth to their pitching staff again in 2012 Garcia was part of the Yankees in 2011, and this is really a team that is CC Sabathia and four other guys. CC Sabathia is the best pitcher, and they let go of Bartolo Colon. He signed with the A's, another pretty big deal. So they need to start getting some pitching. Uh, we'll talk about the Yankees in just a minute. Uh, the Giants acquired uh, Melky Cabrera, uh, and they traded Angel Pagan to the Mets. Cabrera had a very good 2011 season. Uh, which is kind of unlike him. He's kind of a, a uh, an up-and-down player. That's a pretty big deal. The Mariners signed George Sherrill. The Astros uh, signed Jed Lowry. Traded, actually, acquired Jed Lowry uh, from the Red Sox for Mark Melanson. Uh, the Blue Jays had a, a pretty big offseason. They didn't get you Darvish, but they acquired Jason Frazier from the White Sox. We'll talk about you Darvish in a minute. Uh, Andy Chavez went to the Orioles. Octavio Dotel uh, is pitching for the Tigers, which is like his 29th organization in 20 years in the big leagues. Uh, the Indians acquired uh, Derek Lowe from the uh, from the Braves, and uh, that's a huge deal for them. We'll talk about that in a minute. There's not a lot of starting pitching out there, and once the Angels swept uh, swept C.J. Wilson up, there wasn't a lot of guys. 
uh, it's not it's not easy to find a durable guy who can pitch 200 innings. And sure, Derek Lowe's ERA fluctuates all the time. He had those great years in Boston, some pretty good years in, with the Dodgers, and he's just been bouncing around the major leagues now with different teams. His ERA's been high. He puts together a couple of good starts every once in a while, but I think that's a big deal for the Indians. They signed a bunch of outfielders to minor league contracts, like Fred Lewis, to name one. So they're going to be pretty good this year, especially they lost to the Tigers by 15 or 16 games last year after putting a good uh, April, May, and June together. Uh, but the Tigers are going to be very good. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, the Oakland A's uh, traded Andrew Bailey, their closer, to the Red Sox for Josh Reddick, who's a young outfielder, probably being an every, everyday player. Oakland has been doing very poorly. They're, I guess, rebuilding, even though they had a losing season last year uh, and a losing season before then. They haven't decided to rebuild. Now they're rebuilding. They let go of Craig Bresler. Brad Ziegler was traded last year. And uh, they let go of Andrew Bailey. Trevor Cahill is no longer on the team. Jared Parker, their top prospect. And Gio Gonzalez is with the Nationals. Trevor Cahill is with the D-backs. So the A's have no pitching, really. They were thinking of signing Manny Ramirez. There's rumors about Vladimir Guerrero. But I don't like that trade. I think that if one thing was consistent in Oakland before this year because Bailey was hurt, I think it was their bullpen. They had Craig Breslow, Brad Ziegler, two guys that you would normally have never heard of. Uh, Ziegler went to Southwest Missouri State and was drafted from Southwest Missouri State. He played on the Cape Cod Baseball League. Very good side armor. Breslow, a, a very durable left-hander. But th their bullpen was consistent. And now there's no consistency. I never questioned Billy Bean. He's probably my favorite general manager, probably the smartest general manager. I don't know what he was thinking, uh, but who knows. The Dodgers uh, actually... Not really. They they have a couple of headlines, but the truth is they always sign guys like they signed this offseason in the offseason. They you know with ownership the past couple of seasons they don't really sign top of the line guys. You know they don't sign you know top rate guys or even class second class guys. They sign third class guys. I'm a you know born in L.A. pretty big Dodger fan. Try to talk about them as much as every other major league team without talking about them more. But they made uh, a good amount of moves. Uh, they felt like they signed Mark Ellis, Aaron Harang, and Chris Capuano all got multi-year deals. So you might want to look out there in Los Angeles, but the Giants are probably going to be the favorite this year in the West because they signed Melky Cabrera. They do have a pretty good outfield. Cody Ross with the Red Sox, so that kind of made up for the leaving of Ross. Uh, the Mets uh, let go of a, a couple of relievers. The Blue Jays... Uh, let John Roush and Frank Francis, the one trade that caught my eye. The pool trade, great, but everyone knew he was going for big money. Nobody knew where Prince Fielder was going. Nobody knew. And he, the Brewers were talking to him. There were a lot of people talking to him, but he wanted a multi-year deal. Nobody could believe he could hit well enough in five years. Everyone thought he was going to be a DH, therefore he needs to go to the American League. But the Marlins wanted to sign him. It was this whole big puzzle. And finally, uh, about a week, week and a half ago, they signed Prince Fielder, that being the Detroit Tigers, to a nine-year, $214 million deal, uh, almost as much as Albert Pujols makes a year, which is another big thing Fielder wanted. We didn't talk about a lot of trades. Uh, really, really quickly, uh, the Cubs signed David De Jesus for a bargain. Uh, Matt Latos uh, had a very good career at the Padres. He's a Red, so the Reds are going to be the team to watch out for. Uh, the White Sox lost Mark Burley to free agency, the Marlins picked him up, and they also signed 
uh, Jose Reyes. So a lot of big moves in the MLB. We'll try to squeeze some more in as much as we can in the rest of the show. But if not, you can tune into Behind the Lines show number 12. And I'm sure we'll be talking about more baseball. There's a lot to come here Behind the Lines show number 11. We've been away. We were kind of on a small hiatus. If you have any opinions about anything I've been talking about, email us, voiceamericakids at yahoo.com. Uh, tweet us at our Twitter feed, at Behind the Line, BT and L capitalized. We'd love your, uh, your questions, your opinions, and we'll try to get them on the show. Nobody really tweeted or emailed, so we, we kind of Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Next, Go beyond National, your favorite National Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. Kids these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations. And because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Behind the Line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view. This is a look at all of the action from Behind the Line. Join your host every Wednesday at 3 p.m. whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life. We'll run down all of the scores, talk about the games of the past week, and preview what's coming up in the next week. You'll want to take notes because this is good stuff. The place to be Wednesdays at 3. That's 6 p.m. Eastern is the Voice America Kids channel for Behind the Line. Want to laugh yourself silly over the crazy happenings of the celeb world and beyond? Tune in to Behind the Mask on Voice America Kids. Your hosts will uncover the celebrities you know and love, along with some that you might not know in this country, but they are admired across the world. But it's not just the famous that need to look out. We'll look inside the music biz, stage, and of course, the big screen. Listen to Behind the Mask every Thursday at 8 p.m. on Broadway and 5 p.m. Hollywood side on the Voice America Kids channel. Action just doesn't stop. You're listening to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids. Now, back to the show. Everyone, and welcome back to the Voice America Kids Radio Network. I'm Max Merkin, and you're listening to, once again, Behind the Line. We just finished up our uh, first segment about Major League Baseball. A lot of trades and signings have happened in the offseason. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, now we're going to talk about the National Basketball Association, better known as the NBA, and uh, a lot of stats and storylines and standings for the NBA. Uh, if you haven't heard, the season's cut short to, I think, 66 games because of a CBA disagreement. The players and teams were locked out, but uh, now basketball's in full swing and uh the all-star game is just around the corner right now we're going to take you through the uh, standings before we get into stats on uh, the eastern conference that being uh, the eastern conference the atlantic division that being the philadelphia 76ers 
the Boston Celtics, the New York Knicks, the New Jersey Nets, and the Toronto Raptors. Very surprising as you have the Knicks with uh, Tyson Chandler, Carmelo Anthony, uh, to name, and uh, Amari Stoudemire, the, you know, kind of the, the second three-pack in the Eastern Conference, of course, Miami, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James. But New York is a very good three-pack themselves with Chandler, Stoudemire, and Anthony. Uh, but they are under 500, and, uh, you know, I don't think they'll be under 500 for the rest of the season. But really surprisingly, the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, Julius Irving, probably their most famous player, that Philadelphia 76ers, are taking complete control of the Atlantic Division. It's really crazy. You know, I, I this year... I uh, put some, you know, some projections down. I definitely thought that Toronto and New Jersey would be the last two slots in the Atlantic Division. The Raptors under 500 now, and I think it's safe to say they will be for the rest of the season. Chris Bosh was their greatest player in the past 20 years, and they lost him to the Heat, where he is now striving. The uh, Nets are never really good. Sometimes they surprise you but they're not doing so well the Knicks uh, that's the most surprising to me other than the fact that the 76ers are in first place the fact that the Knicks are in third and who knows when you're going to be listening to this but I, I you know even the fact that we're in the first 20 21 games 22 games of the season and the Knicks are in third second that's really surprising me but the 76ers definitely the definitely the front runner to win the division right now but probably the greatest underdog story of the NBA this season moving down to the central division the Bulls who won the central division last year uh, alongside you know with Derrick Rose alongside Carlos Boozer Richard Hamilton no one's stopping the Bulls I think it's really safe to say through the first 24 games they're 18 and 6 that's a 750 winning percentage through the first 24 games they're nine and one on the at home nine and five on the road four and one in the division 12 and four in the conference they're unbeatable and you know last year nobody thought they could go anywhere because Derrick Rose Derrick Rose was their only player they got Carlos Boozer from the Jazz I believe it was midseason he did a good amount but he still wasn't that second guy that the Bulls need and maybe they'll acquire it in the draft this year we'll talk about that uh, in two segments, but, you know, Derrick Rose and the Bulls are good enough to make it to the playoffs every year. As long as Derrick Rose is healthy and young like he is now, he's in his prime, they will make the playoffs. They're in a division with the Pacers, the Bucks, the Cavs, uh, you know, th those being the top three teams other than the Bulls and then, of course, the Detroit Pistons. But, through 24 games, we just told you the Bulls through 24 are 18-6. Through 24, the Pistons are 4-20. That being, I believe, yep, the worst record through 24 games. Oh, the second worst record, actually. The Charlotte Bobcats are 3-20, which is a 130 winning percentage through the first 23 games. We'll talk about them in a minute. But the, you know, I think that the Bulls can make it to the playoffs. Sure, no problem. But it's winning a championship. Derrick Rose hasn't yet. I believe Carlos Boozer has. Richard Hamilton hasn't. You know, th these guys want a ring. These guys are moving into the twilight zone of their career. That being Carlos Boozer. 
But I just think they need another guy. I think they need, I've said this before on the show, I believe, I think they need another guy. You know, you have Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, and then Chris Bosh in the background. If you had, uh, let's say, uh, Derek Rose, and let's say they acquire Lamar Odom. Me, I'm a big Lamar Odom fan. He's with Dallas right now. A couple of years, they acquire Lamar Odom. They put him into their starting lineup. You have Rose and Odom, and then Boozer as the number three at the Chris Bosch, if you will, the Tyson Chandler, if you will. Uh, but I just think he needs a backup guy. I think he needs a wingman. You look at all the, the greats, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen to name. You know, Kareem and Magic. These guys were all wingmen. You can't really say he was the captain of the Kareem and Magic duo, but Derrick Rose needs a wingman. That's my point for the Central Division, the Southeast Division, the Hawks and the Heat tied for first through the first 22 games. That's actually surprising the Hawks stuck around. I'm picking the Heat in the Southeast Division. For the Central, I'm picking the Bulls. And uh, for the Atlantic Conference, I think the Knicks are going to make a comeback. I'm hopeful. I'm a kind of on the Knicks bandwagon. So Eastern Conference, I think the Knicks, the Bulls, and the Heat are going to come away with it. As a wild card, maybe Orlando, uh, possibly Philadelphia if they stick around. I don't know if they will. They'll probably deteriorate after the All-Star break. Moving into the Western Conference, the conference that everyone wants to hear about, Oklahoma City taking pretty full control of the Northwest Division. They're 17-4 through the first 21 games. 8-1 at home, 9-3 on the road. I like the Thunder. I think when Russell Westbrook decides that he's going to be uh, a little more patient and a little more focused, he's going to be the best player in the NBA. I'm making a bold prediction, but in two years, Russell Westbrook is going to win an MVP award, if not before then. I like the guy. I like Kevin Durant. Those two are a duo. You know, you look at the Heat, you have LeBron and Dwayne Wade, probably one of the best duos in NBA history. You look at Jordan and Pippen and Magic and Kareem. I told, I just said that Derrick Rose needs uh, a wingman, but in Oklahoma City, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, despite what everyone says about them not being friends off the court, you know, they don't like each other. I don't care. They're a great basketball duo. Denver hanging around. I don't see Utah, Portland, or Minnesota doing anything special. I think it's going to be between Oklahoma City and Denver, and I'm pretty sure Oklahoma City is going to come away with it. We're going to skip the Pacific Division. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, moving to the Southwest Division, Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, Memphis, New Orleans. Without Chris Paul, as you probably know, and if you don't know it, you probably live, you've probably been living in a third-world country with no media connection. Chris Paul is a clipper, and without him, the New Orleans Hornets are probably putting up, I can't tell you for sure, Probably the worst numbers they have in NBA history. In their history. 4-18 and 18 through the first 22 games. Not good at all. Uh, I don't see them doing anything. They're going to win 4. They're going to win 4 for every 18 they lose for the rest of the season. I don't see them doing well. Memphis, they don't impress me. Houston, T. McGrady, and... Uh, and Yao Ming are gone. They haven't been good since those two were together and in their prime. I don't see them sticking around. They're above 500 through the first 22. It's really between San Antonio and Dallas. And Dallas, after losing Tyson Chandler, it's really the Dirk show. And LeBron has not, or not LeBron, it's with a couple of minutes left, the Pacific Division. That being the Clippers, the Lakers, the Suns, the Warriors, and the Kings. The, the uh, Kings, 6-15 and 15 through the first 21. Don't see them doing anything special. 
I love the Monta Ellis Steph Curry duo, but they need a few other backup plans. Seven and twelve through their first nineteen. Uh, Phoenix Steve Nash is getting old. I love the guy, but he's old. Uh, they're eight and thirteen through the first twenty-one. The Lakers are thirteen and nine. Without Lamar Odom, I expected that. Kobe's getting old, although he did have a five-game streak of forty points, which is pretty amazing. Gasol's losing it uh, talent-wise, not mentally. But the Clippers, a moment everyone's been waiting for. I love the L.A. Clippers. I am a huge Clippers fan. I have been for a couple of years, but now I'm proud to say it. That's the difference between now, 2012, and about four years ago in 2008. They were awful in 2008. Four years later, the Clippers are dynamite. Sure, they're 12-6 and through the first 18 games. I'm not worried. There hasn't been a team like this for a long time. A team that if you're not a fan of, if you despise, you still have to turn the TV on because they're so good. The last time that happened was probably when Michael Jordan was a bull. I love the Clippers. I'm on the Lob City bandwagon. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin taking all the headlines. I don't think DeAndre Jordan or Chauncey Billups mind. That starting five uh, where you can shift in uh, Chauncey Billups, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, Mo Williams, and Chris Paul, I think that's the best starting five in basketball. It's the most consistent. Sure, everyone talks about the Heat, and they have the three best players in the NBA. Sure, you know, we could say that, but I think the Clippers have the best starting five in general. Uh, That wraps up this segment. Have any opinions about the Clippers or any of the other 29 NBA teams? uh, You can... Email us in at voiceamericakids at yahoo.com. Tweet us at Behind the Line. Uh, those two addresses very important. Uh, give us your FAQs, if you will. Talk to us. Give us your opinions. Give us stuff you want us to talk about. Ask us questions. I'm ready, and I will get back to the fans as soon as they contribute. Not saying that you guys don't listen, but we would like a couple tweets once in a while. Kidding, of course. So that wraps up the segment of the National Basketball Association, NBA Basketball. Uh, Standing stats, storylines, all-stars, we covered that. Next is NCAA football. We'll talk about signing day, top schools, and most importantly, the recap of the 2011-2012 BCS Bowl season. Following that, NCAA basketball, we'll talk about a little college ball, some Duke, some uh, Temple upsetting Dukes, North Carolina, some Syracuse. Uh, some Murray State. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Please stay tuned. I'm Max Merck, and you're listening to Behind the Lines on the Voice America Kids Radio Network. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the age of between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you believe in the supernatural? Well, some do and some don't, which is why Beyond the Third Dimension looks at both sides. 
You have one host who believes in ghosts, while the other can't think of anything more ridiculous. Put them together and you get some great discussion and some real discoveries and exploration of the paranormal, and then some. Tune in to Beyond the Third Dimension, airing Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. And try not to be afraid of things that go bump in the night. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Kids face very tough and very real issues every single day. It can be bad. It can be ugly. Now there's something good that can help. Tune in to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll discuss the issues and provide solutions and connections to solutions that you will be able to use. Our show goes right to the heart of today's kids and beyond. Your parents will probably want to listen in, too. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly airs Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern on Voice America Kids. You just love your pets. But sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune into Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. The action just doesn't stop. You're listening to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids. Now, back to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Line. I'm Max Merkin, and you're listening on the Voice America Kids Radio Network. We're airing show number 11 right now, and uh, it's been a little bit of a lapsed time since show 10. We've already covered that, though. We talked about Major League Baseball. We talked about NBA basketball. Uh, we talked about every trade of the MLB and every standing, every uh, wins every win and loss of the National Basketball Association. Right now, we're going to talk about NCAA football. The reason I bring this up is because just, you know, very recently was signing day. Signing day is a huge, huge day for high school school football players all around the country. It's where schools and top prospects, or not so top prospects, uh, sign players, to their teams, uh, really top prospects, ESPN 150, everyone signed up at a college. So the reason we bring it up is because we haven't gotten a chance to talk about the bowl season. The bowl season, probably the most fun time of the year for college football fans or for sports fans. If your mom went to Ohio, you root for Ohio. If you went to TCU, you root for TCU. If your uncle went to Nevada, you root for Nevada. It's a really fun time. A lot of bowls. Uh, I think there's, I think there's something like 60 bowl games, or you know, more than that. There's uh, just a lot of BCS bowl games. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, let's start off with uh, what? Uh, let's start off with the first bowl of the season, the Gilded New Mexico Bowl. I don't know if we'll go through all of them, 
But Temple against Wyoming. Temple nine and four, five and three in the Mid Atlantic Conference, and Wyoming eight and five. Temple beat them 37-15, more than doubling their score. I'm I'm a big Temple guy. Love Bernard Pierce. That is a big win for me. Uh, Ohio beat Utah by one point, 24-23. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette, who's in the Sun Belt Conference, beat STSU by two points. Florida International lost to Marshall 20 to 10. There it was a huge upset. TCU beat Louisiana Tech. Not really a crazy win. You know, we knew TCU was going to win, only winning by a touchdown, giving up 24 points to Louisiana Tech. That's pretty weird for me, but uh, they were in the points hitable in San Diego County. The Maco Las Vegas Bowl, Arizona State, got crushed by Boise State. What a surprise there. Boise State 12-1. and Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore's last season, they've lost something like four games in his four years at Boise State. Love the Broncos. Uh, got a lot of great recruits this year. I think they're going to be, they're going to have a 2010 season this year, being the top ten. That's a pretty bold prediction for me, but I predicted they won 56-24. Southern Mississippi beat Nevada 24-17, winning by a touchdown. Uh, Mizzou beat North Carolina. Not really great football school. Is Carolina losing 41-24? Purdue beat. Western Michigan by five points, kind of an odd football score. The Wolf Pack of North Carolina State beat Louisville 31-24. Toledo beat Air Force by one point. Not really a, 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 not really a nail, nail-biter until the end, but it was a shootout, 42-41. Uh, Texas beat Cal by 11. Florida State beat Notre Dame by four points. And Baylor, Baylor known this year because of RG3, Robert Griffin III. Probably a top 10 uh, NFL draft pick, if not top 10. Definitely first round Heisman winner. He helped his team put up 67 points. Yes, 67 points, only beating Washington by 11, more than 100 points. In fact, 123 points, I believe, in that game. Not very great in math, but sounds like a college basketball score. Uh, BYU beat Tulsa by 3. BYU not really known for football, known for basketball, producing Jimmer Fredette to the NBA uh, as recently, but they won by three points. Rutgers won by uh, 14. Mississippi State beat Wake Forest. Demon Deacon's not really a football program. Uh, Oklahoma beat Iowa. Texas A&M beat Northwestern. Utah beat Georgia Tech. Cincinnati beat Vanderbilt. Uh, Illinois beat UCLA. Auburn beat Virginia. Houston beat Penn State, Michigan State beat Georgia, South Carolina beat Nebraska, Florida beat Ohio State, Uh, Wisconsin lost the Rose Bowl, big surprise to Oregon, Uh, Andrew Luck's final game as a Stanford Cardinal uh, was a loss, unfortunately, to uh, Whedon and Co. there at Oklahoma State, lost by a field goal, last second field goal. A few other scores we're not going to talk about. The one score that college football and all of its fans have been talking about for a long time now is the All-State BCS National Championship this year sponsored by All-State Alabama LSU. Both schools losing one time. Uh, the the uh, Crimson Tide are 12-1, and 7-1 in the SEC. LSU before the National Championship 13-0, and oh, actually Alabama 11-1 before the National Championship. LSU 13-0 and oh before the National Championship. Beat Alabama in a 9-7 to victory, double overtime. 
that's why that's their Alabama's one loss. Number one versus number two. It was like that at the beginning of the season, like that at the end of the season. No real huge losses, no real uh, huge surprises. Number one, number two in the BCS National Championship. I was talking to a lot of people about this game. And I said to them, you know, I asked everyone I knew who knows college football, because I'm going to be honest, it's not my forte, but I do enjoy a good college football game. I love football, love college football. So I talked to everybody I could about this game. I knew I was going to cover it on this show because it's probably one of the biggest games of the year. I talked to a lot of people, probably 30 people about this game. Let's say 30 people. And 28 of them said that LSU was going to win. I talked to uh, two football players, actually two high school football players. They were, uh, you know, two. I, I talked to, not high school football players, but I talked to former football players, a lot of different people. And uh, they told me that it was very difficult for a team to lose twice. And I didn't know what that meant. Talked to some of my high school friends, some friends on the football team. They, they agreed with that. Beating a team twice is the hardest thing to do in football. And nobody outside of football understands why, but that's the way it is. If you haven't heard the score, once again, you've probably been living in a third world country with no media connection. Uh, but Alabama shut out LSU. When I say that to you and you don't know the score, you must be thinking, oh, it's 3-0, 7-0, 21-0, Alabama won. The only reason it was 21-0 was because of a last-minute score. Alabama had control of the game 15-0 for most of the game. They did not lose twice. They definitely did not lose twice. LSU is shocked. LSU is shell-shocked. Uh, I, you know, Alabama without Mark Ingram hasn't been very good. Nick Saban's special teams and his defense was impeccable this year. And, uh, you know, hats off to the Crimson Tide. I really enjoyed watching that game. It was really fun for me to watch. And, uh, you know, that's really a great, great game. Uh, you know, th there's not many headlines to it. It was just a couple of average scores, but I, I, I can't say I'm proud of the Crimson Tide. Not really a huge Tide fan. I don't like it when the, the Tide rolls. I don't say roll Tide when I leave, like in that funny ESPN commercial. But the fact that they beat LSU, pretty special. Uh, I, I, I'm just at a loss for words. I, I can't describe it. LSU is favored. LSU was favored in the previous game that they segment here on behind the line. NCAA football didn't talk much about signing day, uh, but we did talk about the top schools and the recap of the BCS Bulls. So far, we've talked about Major League Baseball, NBA basketball. We're moving on to NCAA basketball next. Stay tuned here on the Voice America Kids Radio Network. I'm Max Merkin, and you're listening to Behind the Line. You can email us, voiceamericakids at yahoo.com. Tweet us at Behind the Line, BT, and I'll capitalize. Stay tuned here on the Voice America Kids Network. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. What is Take Two? Take two crazy hosts, put them in front of two microphones, and use your two ears to enjoy the fun. Times two. Take Two. We'll go back, way back to the favorite TV shows of our childhood. Your parents' childhood. Um, no. Uh, try again, Chris. Take two. We'll take you back to the favorite TV shows of our generation, past and present, and apply them to what's going on in our own lives. Trust us, it'll be a blast. Tune in to Take Two every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. What are some of the issues that kids face every day? You'll find out when you tune into the appropriately named Today's Kids. Your hosts are here to open the doors to a forum of all kinds of issues. Nothing is off the table here, and because it's on the Voice America Kids channel, you know you're getting a kid's perspective. Tune in every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Today's Kids. Your hosts will lead this forum of engaging conversation on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. The action just doesn't stop. You're listening to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids. Now, back to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Line. I'm Max Merkin, and you're listening on the Voice America Kids radio network. We've gone through three segments. If you have any opinions about the show, email us, voiceamericakids at yahoo.com. Tweet us at Behind the Line. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Right now, we're going to roll right into our fourth segment, that being about NCAA basketball. Now, I love college basketball. March Madness, one of the best madnesses there is. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy college basketball. I think it's a, a fun game. I think it, you know, it, it compares a lot to NBA basketball, though. 
You know, in college football, you see these crazy option plays, these fake punts, you know, these pitch plays, this, these amazing kickoff returns, these 67-59 scores, and it really doesn't compare to the NFL. They always said that boys play on Saturday regarding football and men play on Sunday. College football is on Saturday, NFL is on Sunday. Now, I've always listened to that term, but it's not really like that in college basketball. Uh, right now, we're going to take a look at the Division One standings. Uh, in the ACC, North Carolina uh, doing very well against uh, their conference. Ahead of Florida State, ahead of Duke. Duke has had some surprising losses. One of them to my school, Temple. Uh, pretty crazy stuff. Uh, Big 12, Kansas leading the Big 12. Syracuse, one loss overall. Uh, Big East standings. I could say that very... Uh, very confidently that they will not get another one the rest of the season. I'm a big uh, Syracuse guy. Love the Orange. And, you know, really, I, I think they're very, very good. Harvard, 4-0 in their conference, 18-2 and through the first 20 games. Uh, Penn's the only team that could put a stop to them, really. But they're 11-9, 3-0 in conference. So I, I don't know how well any other teams are going to go against Harvard. Uh you know, there's a lot of teams that put up really good season. In college basketball, there's hundreds, just as there are any college sports, there are hundreds and hundreds of schools. Uh, and so it's hard to keep track of all of them. Looking at the Pac-12, another big conference. Cal is 7-2 through the first nine conference games, as is Washington. USC, surprisingly, their first year of eligibility after the O.J. Mayo scandal. They are 1-8, not handling well, way under 500, 6-16. I don't see them moving out past that mark. Uh, you never know. <coughs> you know, UCLA having kind of a bounce back season. They had a big death. John Wooden died last year, age of 99. I'm a big John Wooden fan. Love the pyramid of success. So they're kind of struggling. Uh, there's a lot of teams in the Pac-12 that are over 503 that aren't. Uh, Washington State, Oregon State, UCLA, Arizona, Stanford, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, Cal uh, are all over 500 and probably should be for the rest of the season. I'm trying to look for uh, for undefeated teams. I don't think there are any. There are no really uh, winless teams, uh, not in conference. You know, Navy's winless in conference. Tennessee Martin's winless in conference. Boise State's winless in conference. But... Uh, all these teams have a win. Northern Illinois, 2-18, probably the worst record in uh, NCAA Division I. Uh, but, you know, a, a lot of teams doing very well this season. Uh, as I said, I'm a big fan of college basketball. Uh, but, you know, Southern Miss, is, Southern Miss, Conference USA, they're 20-3. That's pretty surprising. Virginia Commonwealth, uh, Virginia is a Commonwealth, but you, re you really wouldn't think that they would name a college after that. Uh, but Virginia Commonwealth, 19 and five. Ohio State, 19 and three. Long Beach State, 16 and six. Uh, Weber State, 16 and four. I'm trying to find Murray State. They have had a very good season. I'll try to get their stats in a minute. North Carolina, 19 and three. Syracuse, 22 and one. And really, all we talk about in the Big East is the Orange. They're very, very good. I love the Syracuse Orange. They're always a good basketball school. Never really good in anything else, but basketball is their sport but I feel kind of bad because 
Marquette is 19 and 4. That ranks probably among the top six or seven records in Division I basketball, yet they're never talked about. I never hear broadcasters or TV shows or sports shows or newspapers talking about Marquette unless it's the Marquette Daily News. You never hear about this. Uh, you know, Georgetown, another great basketball school, you hear about them a little bit more. But St. John's, you know, Villanova, uh, Rutgers, Seton Hall, all these schools are, you know, they're not doing that well, but they're never talked about because of the Syracuse Orange, and it's kind of like a monopoly. That's pretty much what it is. You know, they're, they're monopolizing the rest of the division, and you can't blame them for that. I mean, that's what you try to do. But, you know, th that's kind of the story of college basketball. College football, if a team has a really big win, you talk about them. You talk about them for, the, for you know, the rest of the week until they lose. But, uh, you know, in college basketball, uh, it, it's really, if, if you have a, a team that is very good in one division and a bunch of other very good teams, but one team's 20-0 and one team is 19-1, you always hear about the 20-0 state, the 20-0 school, excuse me. Uh, right now, though, I'd like to talk about one thing and one thing only, that being the Murray State Racers. Last game, January 28th, I believe. That doesn't sound right. It's been a long time. Murray State is 21-0. and Yes, 21-0. and And what's surprising to me is, you know, they, they're a D1 school. They're 21-0. and Yet, they're ranked not very good. You know, and looking at some of Murray State's players, you see Stacy Wilson, Ed Daniel, Isaiah Cannon. Uh, you know, these guys are all very good players. Most of them juniors. They stack their, their roster with juniors. Uh, trying to look for some freshmen here. Uh, but Stacy Wilson, he's a forward. He weighs 185, and uh, he's from Mullen, South Carolina. And they recruited these guys to the school. They said, hey, you know, if you want to play college basketball, this is your only offer. Come play here. And they have... One, two, three freshmen, no sophomores, and all juniors and seniors. Three freshmen, all juniors and seniors. Th this team is great. Steve Prohm, their head coach, has done a great job with them, and they're going to be in March Madness. I, I don't know if I could predict them to go to the, uh, the final game, the final four even. Maybe Sweet 16 loss. They're a very good school but they haven't played amazing schools. It's not like you see Murray State and Syracuse, although it would be a very good a very good and fun game to watch. But you don't see Murray State and Syracuse playing three times a season. You know, you don't you don't see a lot of you don't see Murray State playing a lot of teams, which is why they're not ranked as well as they are. But I like the Murray State Racers. I'm a pretty big fan of them. Just, you know, never knew about them until this year, but uh I like them. I root for them every time I see them in a controversial game, a game that they might lose and they pull out a great win. Uh, is really, really fun for me to watch them. Taking a look at the Atlantic 10, LaSalle Temple, Xavier, St. Louis, Massachusetts, St. Bonaventure, Dayton, St. Joseph, Duquesne, Richmond, George Washington, Charlotte, Fordham, and Rhode Island. All making up the Atlantic 10. Uh, Temple 5-2 and two in their conference. I love talking about Temple. Really a fun underdog school to talk about. They're 16-5. and five. LaSalle, 17-6. and six. So Temple's second in their conference. And the reason I like to talk about Temple is because they 
have one thing in common with two other teams. You know, any, I'm a big Temple fan, love Temple football, love Temple basketball, but they have one thing in common with two other teams, that being they beat Duke. Yes, they beat Duke University. They beat, they beat the Plumlee brothers. They beat Coach K. Duke is 18-3, which is nothing to complain about. But, you know, they're, they're just they're a very good school. I like Temple Juan Fernandez uh, and Al Holis Jefferson. Really, really great players. I love to watch them. Looking at the expanded standings uh, in the AP 25, Temple's 1-0 against Duke. Uh, Temple, Xavier, St. Joe's, Dayton, and Fordham all have wins against an AP Top 25 school. Uh, ESPN USA, uh, Temple's 1-0. At home, they're 8-1. Road, 6-3. Uh, they're, they're just a very good school. I enjoy watching them. Uh, you know, they're, they're not in an amazing division, but the Atlantic 10 certainly better than the Mid-Atlantic Conference, which is their football conference. Uh, but, you know, they're in, they're in a division where the best team is, uh, in, is LaSalle. And so you never know how good they're ever going to be. But I, I just enjoy watching them. They're a fun school for me. Uh, but th there is one thing I'd like to talk about before we end show number 11 here on Behind the Line. Uh, it, it is the Philadelphia Big Five. And I, I know I love talking about Temple, and I know that I always talk about Temple. I'm a big fan of the Philadelphia Big Five. There's always that famous quote. I might be paraphrasing here, but uh, people say there's no real prize for winning the Big Five. Those people aren't from Philly. You know, it's just this crazy tradition that so many people want to be a part of, and that's why you go to Temple. That's why you go to Villanova. So I just thought I'd mention that before we end up. You're listening to Behind the Line. I'm Max Merkin here on the Voice America Kids Network. Uh, our email address, voiceamericakids at yahoo.com. Twitter feed at Behind the Line, BT and L capitalized. Uh, show number 11 felt very good after taking a long hiatus in between show 10. We'll be back soon. Today we talked about MLB baseball, NBA basketball, NCAA football, and NCAA basketball. We hope you enjoy the show. We hope you listen to it many, many times, as well as the previous 10 shows. We hope you listen to our next show. Stay tuned to the Voice America Kids Network. There's a lot of great shows you can listen to, uh, including a lot of great sports shows. Anyway, you're listening to Behind the Line. I'm Max Merkin here on the Voice America Kids Radio Network. We hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you tune in for the next show. Good night, everybody. That's the end of Regulation Play. Join us next week for another edition of Behind the Line, an insider's look at sports from a kid's point of view. We'll see you next week on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Voice America Kids, real kids, Real Talk Radio. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.